It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome around to this week's episode of the It's Utah's World podcast. Tom Hank and Steve Barter with you guys as always. Um, <clears throat> Nate Wade Subaru, proud sponsor. We love and appreciate and adore them. Uh, the Share a Love event going on now through January 4th, Rock and Deals. You've heard me spiel about them enough, so you get the gist. Um, I, I can't quite believe it, Steve. We're, we're going we're gonna to sit here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy the conversation, and we're we're actually gonna talk about a Utah victory. Um, a dub, baby, a dub, a dub. Can you? <laughs> it wasn't pretty, um, but we're gonna try stay positive and and kind of go through what we saw and and the pros and cons from from everything and anything that was talked about on Twitter. By the way, if you don't follow Steve at sbartel two four seven is his handle. I'm at Tom can't hack it. We'd love for you guys to follow. Occasionally, we'll ask you, you the listeners on Twitter, if you have any questions. So, if, if you're ever listening to this podcast and you're curious to to hear some insights on a certain subject, that's kind of where you need to go. But um, Steve, what's cracking, man? Hey, how's the stadium Saturday night? Uh, stadium was uh, man. It was it's it, it's been uh, it's been real cool to get in there and see the progress of the South End Zone. Yeah. Um, and the construction going on there. It's always the first thing, you know, that you notice when you, when you get there, it's just everything going on in that South end zone and to see the progress they, that they've made in just two weeks, like really, really impressive. And that thing, thing's going to be awesome, man. Like I know they haven't, it's just metal right now, metal and, and plastic, uh, mostly everywhere, some concrete and some dirt. Uh, but it's, it's going to be pretty incredible. Just like, just seeing it like right now, it's just, man, it's going to be massive. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be so different. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be a great addition to the program and, and what they're trying to do and, and trying to build for the future. Like it's uh, so that was that was just kind of the always the first thing I noticed when I get there. How much louder do you think it'll be when it's done? Like, oh. like Rycycle Stadiums are known to be yeah. pretty loud already. Man, it's going to it's going to be loud. Like I I can't wait honestly to to get in there and feel that and hear it and just going to be it's it's going to be loud for sure. I mean, face masks or not, post pandemic is going to be really fun. Um yeah, man. Even more so at Utah football games. And then of course the football, right? We I mean there was a game that was played. Um where do we start? I mean, good. Where do we start, Steve? I mean, I guess let's start with Ty Jordan. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show, the Ty Jordan show. That is, uh, holy smokes, man! This kid is this kid is something else. Uh, just the fact that he can come in as a true freshman and take over the starting job. Uh, yeah. Wow. Just do you know? Kudos to him. Do you know what happened with um, 
what's his bucket? Uh, Jordan Wilmore. He didn't get a carry. Is he injured? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's kind of precautionary with him in the Washington game. He got rolled up on. Right. Looked like it was kind of a an ankle type of an injury. So you know, there's there's really no no need to get him back out there with the depth that you have. You know, you could be a little bit more cautious. With with uh, a player in that type of of, uh, of situation like Wilmore, so I think uh, I think he'll be fine. It's just you know you've got Jordan Ty Jordan rolling, and, uh, and you know he was able to to carry the load. Dude, he had 167 total yards. I didn't realize it was that. I mean, I knew it was over 100, but I didn't realize yeah. it was 167. And by the way, he had 27 carries. Well, and and what's crazy is. There were, God, how many of those carries came in those short yardage situations where, it, like, he just got stopped? And so, like, if you remove, you know, four of those carries where, he, you know, he got stuff, like, I mean, we're talking about 20, 23, 22, 23 carries for, you know, 160-some-odd yards. Like, that's even more impressive, like, just removing some of those, you know, short yardage um, carries that he had, but... Man, this kid, like just the athleticism that he brings to the field, it's it's a night and day difference when you compare it to the other backs. Now, Mikai Bernard, you know, he's got some some juice to him as well. Uh and and had a nice little twenty five yard run on a kind of a broken play. They they still still uh, executed the play the way that they needed to, but uh Bernard looked good. Jordan man though, like this kid Five seven, two hundred pounds, but he runs tough. He's athletic, and he's got like this little, this little cutback. Like it, it's not like a, a big, big cutback, but he's got just this little cutback where he's going full speed and just boom on on a, and he'll make his cut on a dime. Like I made the the comparison to a Mariano Rivera cut fastball, where you know you know it's coming, but you you just you can't you can't hit it. And that's, you know, we saw that multiple times where Jordan was just getting downhill and he'd make a little cutback and, and, uh, and would hit the hole and, and uh, yeah, man, he's got, he's got a lot of traits. And then, you know, Whittingham in the post game, he's like, yeah, we probably need to get him the ball more in, in the passing game, get him involved there. And it's like, man, he just had 30 touches. Like how much more can you get him the ball? Jeez, you got some other playmakers, get them the ball. Well, that, that, that's my concern, if I had a concern. And I, I agree with everything you said, Steve. I, I think this guy is special, you know, yeah. I, and he has the potential to be one of the more formidable players, you know, not just on this Utah football team because he's kind of already proven that, but but in the conference over the, the coming years, he's he's potentially, you know, he's not like Zach Moss either. He's a, he's a different style of yeah. player, right? He's smaller and... And he's probably a little more agile um, and, and a little more diverse in in the sense that you know you can play him at slot receiver if you really need to, uh, yep. and you can put him in the backfield. Zach Moss was a prototypical back; he was a bell cow back where his strength was was running the rock, you know, and and he had that breakaway speed um, that that we kind of we saw against Oregon State a year ago when he went eighty ninety odd yards for the, for the touchdown, but. But he was also the sort of back that could, could put it. You know what I love, speaking of which, it just actually reminded me. There were a few times in, in the game against Oregon State, Steve, where Ty Jordan had to had to pass protect. 
Yeah. Uh, and he came face to face with a few linebackers that were, I mean, substantially bigger than he was. Uh, and he hung in there, man. I mean, there was no yeah. shying away. He, he, he kind of, you know, tried to get as low to the ground as possible, dug his heels yep. in and, and boom, you know, took the contact and yeah, he kind of gets blown up a little bit, but, sure. but he gives the quarterback, you know, just a half second extra time or a second more to, to kind of go through his progressions and, yeah. I mean, it all adds up at the end of the day. So right now, Ty Jordan is 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 cementing himself as the premier back slash offensive threat that Utah yeah. has. But I will say, and what I was getting at is, is twenty seven carries is a lot for a true freshman. Um, yeah. Now we only have like one or two games left, you know. So maybe he could he could play the rate the remainder of the season out with similar yeah. numbers, but. In, in like a, a regular season where you've got 12 games, three non-conference and nine. I mean, you just, you can't give him 25 carries no. a game. He, his body won't survive and no. and he'll end up being hurt. And, and you can't yeah. afford that, you know, to be quite frank. Yep. He's he's too important, which is kind yep. of crazy that we're even saying that. He's, he's only played in three games, but he has starred. In those three games. So, you know, I understand no. that, that but Whittingham saying we've got to get him the ball more. It's like, well, hold <laughs> your horses, man. you got to also protect Bro. him. <laughs> yeah. Bro, no, you don't. You've got some other playmakers, man. Like that. And so, you know, obviously part of that is like you love to hear it because you love to hear Utah featuring their, their top playmaker. And Jordan has clearly established himself in three games his first three collegiate games, like he didn't have an out of conference schedule. didn't have anything to work up to this. Like this is three, the first three games of his career and came against USC, Washington and Oregon state. And he's shown up big time and that's exciting. But like the point that you're getting at is like 27 carries, 29 touches, you know, and and then you talk about him in pass protection yeah, he did a great job, but he got, you know, he 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 took a blow on a couple of those. You know, he took a nice little shot on one of them that I I can remember vividly, uh, you know, where he got got blown up a little bit. And uh and so uh that's, you know, that's contact punishment as well. Um so, you know, you got to be careful with uh with him. You got to be mindful of his uh of his uh his usage and cuz you don't want to overdo it with this kid because he is a special talent and while you can afford to like give him the ball a lot 15 to 20 times you know and I'm sure that he can operate as you know as a bell cow type of back but I think, you know, to really optimize his effectiveness, you want to limit some of those. You want to limit some of those those touches and uh, and 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 get those touches elsewhere and involve other playmakers. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you, Tom. I, I think, you know, again, he's a tremendous talent. It's fun to see. But, uh, you know, 29 touches, I, I'm just not sure he can uh, – he can handle that over the course of a reg, you know, a, a typical regular season. Ah, uh, heavens no, no. I mean, look, it's it's a trait too that we've seen at Utah a fair bit. You know, to be fair, uh, Devonte Booker was run into the ground. He, I don't think he completed any of his seasons. Uh, 
Joe Williams, you know, he was he was so beat up. He actually quit the team. Remember, he quit, and then he came back about a month later after spending some time in in Colorado with Devontae Booker himself and, and refound the love and energy. His body started feeling a little better for the first time in, in years, he said. You know, so they ran Joe into the ground. Um, and then, you know, you could even go to, to Zach Moss to a certain extent. I mean, he was he was – he was a fin- fantastic player, you know, but, but the vast majority of his career, he really, he didn't finish many of his seasons. He kind of got beat yeah. up specifically towards the end of his career. And, and, and I guess, you know, with not even just the running backs, you look at somebody like Britton Covey, man. I mean, you know, 2015, he got, he got beat up pretty good. Um, right. A lot as, as a true freshman. And, and they, they kept going to him and going to him because nobody could figure out how to stop him. And I understand that, but at the same time, you do have to protect yourself. You have to, you know, you just have to be smart. You, you don't see like Jake Bentley, for example. Right. And we'll get to him here in a minute, but Jake Bentley takes some shots that he doesn't need to take. Like, like NFL quarterbacks aren't taking those shots. They're going down. They're getting out of bounds. They're just, they, they're not taking the shots. Um, Jake Bentley isn't quite there yet. He doesn't quite understand that he, he can't. His body's not going to allow him uh, to do that because it's unnecessary. I mean, you're fighting for yeah. an extra yard on second down. Ease up, Tiger. Just go <laughs> yeah, down. <man. laughs> Just yeah. chill. Come on, it's man. Like, we got to play smarter. Okay, 2020 and this generation of players, it's all about playing smarter and not harder. It used to be the opposite. You know, and, yeah. and then and that and the game sped up, and things have changed a little bit, and that you just can't get away with, with with playing like you used to. So, um, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see how they handle Ty Jordan over the coming weeks. But, but nonetheless, he was stellar. Um, yeah. While we're talking about him, uh, Steve, let's let's talk about that those fourth down issues, the short yardage, Man. that one drive where. You know, what was it? it was, so Jordan went for nine yards on first down, second and one didn't get it, third and one didn't get it, fourth and one didn't get it. But, like, we can we can kind of cry over it as much as we want. They ran inside zone stretch play three consecutive yeah. times. Like, what are we – can we – like, what – I just – it makes me so frustrated. Can we get a fly sweep over here, man? Like, just anything. <laughs> try something else. Run a dive play. Whatever. Just stop running the stretch. Can we get a speed option the other way, man? Like, come on. Like, that was – that was for sure the most frustrating thing and is – Something that Ludwig is known for is like he's not afraid to run the same play on consecutive plays. And, and granted, like he'll mix up personnel, he'll mix up the, the formation and make it look different and, and that kind of thing to get some different looks from the defense. But I mean, like the book is out. Like the book is out on 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 Whittingham, and it has been for you know a long time. Like if Utah has a lead, a, a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter, they're just looking to milk the clock. And you know, that's what we saw against Oregon State. They, you know, and, and give them credit. Like, they've been getting their butt whooped for three quarters. Like, Utah's offensive line was having their way for three quarters, getting great push up front with guys like Ford, with guys like Comp, and Keaton Bills had a couple of big boy blocks, and uh, they were getting movement. They were creating yeah. some lanes, you know, for, for Ty Jordan. And, uh, uh, but but Oregon State, you know, once things kind of got close there in the fourth quarter and 
you know, they, they swung the momentum a little bit in their favor. You know, they buckled down and they played hard and the defense coordinator just kind of out over, you know, outwhelmed uh, or overwhelmed them and outnumbered them, um, you know, with numbers on the defense side of the ball. And, and they were able to, you know, to stop Utah on those third and uh, on those short yardage situations. And, you know, that was for me, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big guy lover. I love the offensive linemen, mm. love the defensive linemen. You know, the same way you love your punters and your specialists. That's, you know, me and offensive linemen, you know, we're bros. You know, we're mm. we're 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 on that kind of relationship. Um, you know, I always fight for the big guys in the trenches and yeah. you, you know, like him thick. Thick. Like three C's, yeah. four C's even thick. Mm. You know, where you get that real yeah. sound. Yeah. That kind of thick. But uh but yeah, you know, I, for me, even as an offensive lineman, like that was, that, you know, that was so disappointing to see them not be able to convert those short yardage situations because that all comes back to technique. Like those guys clearly have the ability; they clearly have, you know, the strength, the the power to to get some push up front. It all comes back to to technique in in those situations, and that was that was uh, a. a I don't want to say a friendly reminder because it was not friendly. It was actually rather painful. It was a painful reminder that, you know, even though, you know, you're having your way against this defense for a majority of the game, like in those crucial moments, you got to step up, you got to hone in and you got to focus on your technique and, and win with technique and not just your ability. And I think that was kind of the, the thing for me being the offensive line junkie that I am, like they just got away from their technique, got kind of, I don't want to say casual with it, but they didn't didn't execute, you know, to the level that they needed to, and and that was disappointing to see, um, for sure. And and part of it too, you know, is it, part of it too is is that Utah, you know, we talked about the short yard situations, but the the the, the lack of uh, creativity and the play calling. Obviously, you know, we we're kind of alluding to that as well. Lack of creativity. Um, they weren't, I think Kyle Whittingham said, you used the word imaginative. They were unimaginative in their play calling. And I think, you know, that put them in those tough, tough situations. And while they, and, and what resulted in them failing to convert in those situations. Well, it's a team game. In fact, you know, yeah. the game of football, when you look at kind of the coaches and the players, I mean, it is as team, it is as much of a team game as anything out there. Yeah, you know, and, and and at the end of the day, the players are there to execute, but the coaches must put the players in a position to execute, the best possible position to execute, I should say. So uh, I, I think both are to blame, like you said. Um, you know, and, and and to your and to your point about the the this being a team game, Tom. You know, I think uh, a a big big part of that is you know you have to keep the defense honest, right? Um, that's a, a big part of why Utah was able to have success in the run game, particularly in the first half. You gotta, you gotta keep the defense honest. And, um, you know, we saw in the first half, Utah was willing to throw the ball a little bit, willing to throw the ball a little, you know, around a little bit to their guys. And, and there was that threat of the pass. And I think you know, once Utah kind of went away from that, that's when, um, you know, Oregon state was like, okay, they're, <laughs> they're not going to throw it. You know, like, Let's just all in on the run game, and and that's what resulted in. And I think 
this was, again, this was a painful reminder that, you know, you still, no matter, regardless of where you're at in the game, you got to keep the pass yeah. um, as, as an option just to keep the defense honest. I just, I think it's getting old, man. I just, yeah, I think people, are, with you. like you said, I think people are figuring it out. I think Utah has a lead in the second half. They're going to run power plays, dives, right. read options, whatever, jet sweeps, like, like low percentage plays that are likely going to keep the football in their hands. You know, they're not going to throw the, the, the pill downfield and, and, and risk turning it over. And that's okay. Like whatever, like if that's what, if that's how, but if the other team knows you're doing that, it becomes an right. issue and that's where we're at. And that's why, that's why, you know, the more like why I, I just, when I'm watching that, that, that three play sequence of, Second and one, third and one, fourth and one unfold. You know, I'm just sitting there going, why are they running that? Like, what is going yeah. on mentally? And, and right. all I can think of is Andy Ludwig. Well, first of all, you should be able to get a yard when you need a yard. I, I think. Yeah, first of all, you right. should be able to do that. So that's going through Andy Ludwig's head. But he's also thinking, if I throw the football and it doesn't work out, the clock stops. Uh, and we don't yep. get it on fourth down or on third or on second, whatever the case, I'm going to get screamed at. Like the, I'm right. I'm going to get shouted at in the headset. Coach Witt was on one, man. You could tell just watching the television. Anytime it flashed oh, yeah. Coach Witt, his eyes are wide. He's strolling <laughs> up oh, and down, yeah. screaming at people. You know, like he was on one. And yeah. Coach Ludwig doesn't want a piece of it. He just doesn't want to deal with it. Nobody does. Right. And so <laughs> if they run the football and don't get it, the worst thing that'll oh. happen, the worst thing that'll happen is they turn the football on downs, but they've at least, you know, taken a large chunk of time off the clock. Yeah. But if they if they decide to then throw the football and don't get it, well, the clock stops and you turn the football on downs. It's like, okay, so how do I eliminate at least eliminate at least one of them? And I, I, I that's that's what I've come up with. That's why I think Andy Ludwig did what he did. Now I do think. You can run the football on all three of those plays, just like we were talking about. Mix it up, put a slight yeah. sweep in there, please. Yeah, come try on. The, try burn the edges and see if you can get a big like. Just throw anyway. Britton Covey back there in a wildcat and run a triple option. Like you don't think he can get a yard operating as a, as you know wildcat quarterback? Like yeah, he's gonna get that yard, and you know if he's not, he'll pitch it or he'll hand it off. Like you gotta do something. Can in, I also in say that situation? I've never understood why teams, um, like you, like who did Utah do this? I can't remember, but like, why wouldn't you put a defensive lineman in the backfield on fourth and one? <laughs> yeah, they had Lucky Foto on the team for the last four years. He played rugby for hell's sake. Why not throw him back there, hand it off, and let him dive over the you know a goal line or you know well, if he, he needs a he yard, would, he could push for the yard. Literally, literally, yeah. he could just push the the guys in front of him to get the yard. Like, why don't teams do that? I and, like you put Ty Jordan back there, who's great, and he and he kind of he's got great vision, much better vision than any defensive lineman. But if you just need a yard, just bulldoze your way for a yard. Stop trying to yes. get delicate and cute with this whole thing. I mean, Oregon State are clearly filling the gaps. You know, they're doing a good job. Of, yeah. of 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 looking after the gap assignment and they're and they're plugging them. Uh, so just if they're plugging the gaps and there's no gaps to run through, create your own bloody gap by putting a big boy in the backfield. Like, come on, dog! Is this that's a rocket science. I'm a foreigner and I'm I'm talking about this. 
Why haven't teams done that, Steve? What's wrong with you people? It beats me, man. Sometimes we just overthink things with this football stuff. I don't know why we don't utilize uh, Vianne Moala or uh, Aleki Fotu type in the backfield more. Like, especially in those power yarded situations, you need power on the field. Put your power players on the field then. And we all know Lecky Foto is one of the baddest dudes on the roster. You know, Vianney Moala, he's he's up there too. Like, why not do it? I, I'm with you, Tom. Like, like get like, inventive. Use your roster. And, yes. you know, you like, only, utilize these guys. You only get them for four seasons. Utilize them. Yeah. I, I, like, can you imagine Star Lotto Lele in the backfield? Like, oh, God. Dude, you wouldn't have to have an O-lineman out there. It could be the, the, the snapper and Star in the backfield with 11 players on the defense trying to stop. He will get that yard. Dude, Starlo Tulele was a bad man. The rumor, the rumor, I, you know, you were, you know, you were on the team, but the rumor, you know, Flo, he never blinked in that USC game. Like, never blinked. The whether there was contact, he never blinked. What year was that a been? I think that was like 2013. I was I'm there. pretty sure. I'm trying to remember yeah. what play are you talking about. Uh, it was the whole game. He never blinked the whole game. Oh. Dang, shorty. Um, <laughs> no, just, that was a bad joke. That was horrible. I don't know where I was going with that. I thought you were talking Kendra's... about like a specific play. And I was like, what play did he make? He made a lot of plays. But I... Dude, yeah, I sat down with him. Um, I, so I sat down with him one of the first times um, I sat down with anybody in 2012. I sat down and uh, people previously, you know, had kind of filled me in like, oh, that guy's the best player on the team. He's the quarterback. So he throws it. We got a running back. He he makes people miss. And then we got this guy, and he's really angry, although he's really nice when he's not playing football. But his name's Star, and he's probably going to be a first-round draft pick. And I'm like, okay, that guy's going right. to make money. I'm going to eat dinner with him tonight. Sweet. Uh, but people were like, you got to ask him if he likes football. Just ask him if he likes it. I'm like, okay. You know, I was dumb and naive. I didn't know. So I sat down with dinner. I'd re- rarely spoken to him. And I was like, hey, Star, I'm Tom. Nice to meet you, man. And he's like, hey, Tom, I'm Star. Um, and I'm like, Hey, you, do you like football? He's like, no, <laughs> he's like, no, I don't. I hate it. I'm like, what? He, I'm like, aren't you my best player? <laughs> he's like, yeah, but I hate the game of football. I'd rather play rugby. It's just, there's no money in rugby. And I'm like, cool. Oh, okay. I think we're going to do good things this year. And we went five and seven. Uh, but anyway, that's man. my style. Lots of lately, Imagine. Imagine just being that gifted where you you're doing something that you absolutely hate, but you're just so gifted at it that you can have, you can go on and have, you know, a seven, eight year career playing it professionally and earn yourself upwards of like $70 million, man. He opted out this year in the NFL. He's not playing. Uh, Right. And and now you know why. Now you know why (laughs) he doesn't like it. Uh, If he doesn't have to play, then he's not going to, anyway, uh, Hey, what the hell is going on with Jake Bentley? Oh, man. Dude, so he, uh, man, he airmailed a couple passes, that's for sure. Uh, they were wide open, too. It's oh, not- man. Okay, oh, Steve, Steve, Steve. I pulled up his highlights. I pulled up a nine-minute video on YouTube today, and I watched yeah. every second of it, and it's every touchdown he threw, every passing touchdown he threw, from his South Carolina days. 
and there's a good you know nine minutes worth of footage. I mean, it's a it's a decent amount of touchdowns, right? Uh, and you know, albeit in the SEC, and you're watching this, and it's like, oh, they're at Georgia in a tight ball game late in the fourth. You know, it's like uh, at Alabama, the score is only like a fourteen point margin, which at Alabama I think is basically a win. You know, it's like against these premier teams in the SEC, <laughs> right. and and he's throwing it, and he's got like in the bread basket, like over the like. Granted, some of those receivers he had like worked the real deal. The, number one, I tweeted the video. So if you if you guys are bored listening to this, just go to my page and uh, and and click on the YouTube video. Number one for South Carolina, like I can't remember, maybe two years ago or something. I forget. Debo Samuel, dude. Yeah. Dude, that guy, yeah. that guy made plays. Okay, Debo, I didn't know who it was. Dude. I didn't know who it was, yeah. but it's Debo Samuel. I knew it. I knew it had to be somebody that's in the NFL doing something today. Oh yeah, he's that good. guy is good. <laughs> yeah, he's good at football. <laughs> he does some things on the field, man. You're just like, oh, he what was the hell? How do you like, do that? Yeah, yeah, he was like Moss and Georgia DBs. I'm like, whoa. Uh, and yeah. it wasn't like one, it was two, it was like 10. I was like, okay. Uh, so maybe that's why Jake Bentley was good. Is that the reason he was bloody good? Was it Debo Samuel? Was he the reason? <laughs> it might have been. Good grief. No, like I think, I, man, here. So when I watched Jake Bentley, I rewatched the game. And, uh, man, he uh, it doesn't have a lot of juice on the ball right now. Like he, It's not that these floating passes out there. But, you know, you remember, you, you compare his ball to a Tyler Huntley ball last year. Man, Tyler Huntley was putting those things on a rope. Like, he was firing those things in there. And, and Bentley, is, he's just kind of getting the ball there. And, again, it's, it's got some good velocity, um, but it's, uh, it's definitely uh, not the same. Uh, and so, you know, there's a little bit of that. Like, can he get the ball where he needs to in a timely manner? You know, I don't know. I, I think he can. Um, but I think uh, it's got to be a very clear opportunity for him to make the pass in order for him to actually make the pass. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, when I, I watch him, I thought I thought back to our conversation in last week's episode where, you know, we just talked about the fear of turning it over and the impact that that can have. And I, I watch Bentley. I, I just can't help myself but think, like, He's playing to not turn the ball over. Uh, that's that's the only way I can describe what it is when I watch him. There were there were opportunities where to you know it's very clear that there are open receivers and he's looking at them, but for whatever reason he just he won't make the throw. And then you know we're talking about the red zone throws and you know misses them like horribly like it just just not not good throws and so there's not a lot of feel there's not a lot of anticipation um and you know that comes you know to me when i again it just it stems from you know the fear of turning it over and i think that's kind of creeped into you know his play and granted when you throw interceptions like you have um yeah that's probably <laughs> You know, it's tough. And so, uh, but for me, when I watch him, that that was clear as day when I, I rewatched the game. Is it, it just looks like he's he's playing to not turn the ball over. It's a confidence thing, right? 
Yeah, and that's part absolutely. of the whole. That was part of the whole conversation last week. Is if you play to not turn the football over, your confidence is going to take a hit. Confidence, right. by the way, is incredibly important. It's yes. massive. Like especially at that at that position. Yeah. Yes, you can't go out there second guessing yourself. You have to be sharp and you have to be confident and you have to understand the system and you have to know that the coaches and the fan base and everybody in between is backing you to succeed. Because you can't have success otherwise. So I'm with you. To me, like like okay, um I guess the first really bad throw that I saw that I can remember anyway was was that uh, wheel route to, uh, I think it was Keithy, um, and he threw him short. And mm-hmm. Keithy, like, had to turn around a few times. And then, of course, it might have been Fotheringham, I, I forget. But And then there was, of course, that Keithy in the in the back right-hand corner of the north end zone. Yeah. He was, like, wide open by 10 yards, and he overthrew him. And, and I, I, like, Jake Bentley's too good. I, he's too good of a quarterback. He's proven yeah. himself. Like, he has proven his worth. He... Tore up SEC teams, like good yeah. SEC teams. He tore them up. Um, and, yeah, he had Debo Samuel, but he had to put Debo Samuel in a position to make a play at the end of the day. He, right. he wasn't throwing Debo Samuel. He wasn't missing him by 10 yards. Like, it, it, it just wasn't happening. And and so why? Like, what? why all of a sudden is this the Jake Bentley that Utah gets? Like, to me, that's a concern. Um and I don't know how much blame I put on Jake Bentley. Like, like I guess I, I, I put a decent amount on him, but I'm not just going to put all of my energy towards Jake Bentley and blame him right. entirely. Like, like, that's my whole thing is, like, there has to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about or fans aren't aware of that is prohibiting his play because he's a better quarterback than what we've seen over the last two and a half games. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, he's he's shown, uh, you know, a, a good amount of ability in his career. Like, yes, he's been inconsistent and he's been uh, erratic with throws throughout his career. But he's still like he's he's still played well enough to keep his South Carolina team, you know, in contention in a number of games and help them get some some victories over some some good teams in the SEC as well. And so, you know, it, I I'm with you. I think with him there's there's just obviously we talk about confidence and, and the coaching staff uh and just kind of how Whittingham is and and you know the the hate for turning the ball over, loathing the the, the turnovers and that kind of thing, uh, and and what kind of impact that can have on a player's mentality. You know, it's tough. And, and for a senior, like I, I give Bentley a ton of credit for going out there and and continuing to compete. Like that was the thing watching him is like, you know, he wasn't getting a you know a lot of opportunities down the field. But he was converting on uh, on some good throws, and and when things broke down in the pocket, you know he was getting out, he was running, and he, you know he was giving his body and and giving his body to his team. And I thought that was, you know, there was there was one run in particular where he took like a, a pretty good shot where mm-hmm. it, it looked a little awkward, you know, as he was coming to the sideline. Uh, but still, like he's he's given this team, you know, everything that he's got in order to to compete and, and to win, and and you love to see that. But 
you know, I, I think, you know, we're harping on kind of the missed throws and the missed opportunities. There's still a lot of positives with Bentley to, to build on from today uh, or not from today, but from Saturday night. And, and I think, um, you know, it's kind of small steps, incremental steps with, with his game at Utah. And I think, I, again, I think just the lack of a, a traditional year where, you know, you don't get a spring practice, you don't get spring ball, you don't get your traditional preseason and out-of-conference games, you don't get that time to work through mistakes, right? And I think that that's kind of proving really difficult, um, you know, for Bentley in particular because this is year one at Utah and and he didn't get a lot of that time. And so he's he's got to learn on the fly just like a lot of these you know, true freshman on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, with his experience, he still should be able to to convert on those opportunities in the red zone. Um, and 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 I think he's he showed us that he can make throws down the field. He was a little bit more uh, willing to move the ball down the field. I think uh, he completed three of six passes between – uh, 10 to 20 yards where, you know, you go back to the game against Washington. He didn't complete a pass within those yard marks and, and only attempted it three times. So, you know, you do, you, we did see an increase in, in downfield attempts. Um, and, and so, you know, those are, are good things to build on. And I think that's kind of the thing is you're, you got to find those small victories for Bentley to build on and continue to add uh, to his, to his plate um, you know, finding what works for him and and just continue to build his confidence in what he's doing out there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's, I, I, I do agree. You know, we, yeah, we, we, uh, it's, it, we do potentially harp on uh, too many negatives. You know, it, it's our role to be critical, it's our role to right. bring up, you know, questions within the program. But I do, I, I agree with you. I do think that there was a step from the first week to the second week to the third week. Yeah. And by no means was it perfect. Uh, there were small jumps, but yeah, that's, that's all you want. I mean, you just don't want to see a guy um, go the other way. You don't, you, you don't right. want to see him you know, get worse over the week. So I think that's positive. And I think that's good. And hopefully this week against Colorado, Friday night, we'll be able to see um, another version of an improved Jake Bentley. I, I thought it was pretty obvious yeah. uh, early in the game, Steve, that there was um, there was a need or a requirement to find Brant Keithy. You know, a lot of conversation following the Washington game from members of the media and, and the fan base. Why isn't Keithy getting more more targets? And so I thought I thought we saw that um, against Oregon State early in the game. You know, there was a there was an identity about Utah football offensively, and I, I like that personally. You know, but but we do have to be careful again to. Utilize other weapons. Solomon Enos can play. Uh, Brian Thompson is going to play in the NFL. I'm just telling you, he's good enough to play in the National Football League, and he will play in the National Football League. Uh, we need to find him the football. He didn't play in the first half. He came in in the second half. I don't know what that's all about. I assume it's a disciplinary thing. Um, that that would be my only reason for uh, for why somebody wouldn't play. Steve, you have something? Yeah, no, so... What I what I heard. So if you remember the Washington game, he kind of took a an awkward tumble, okay. kind of landed on his neck. He was oh, down yeah, for a little right. bit, and so what I heard was it was more just cautionary. I mm. told you, I was told he wasn't going to play at all. So the fact that he was he played a little bit, I was pretty surprised at that. 
but I, I was told it was just kind of they were being cautious with him. Like he could have played if they really wanted him to. Like if this was a typical season um, and you're you're fighting for something, like he would have been out there. But just the fact that it, you know, the season is what it is, like they could they could afford to be a little cautious with him as well. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, that's better than what I had in my mind, which would have been he chewed out somebody on the offensive staff to get in the football Ugh. more because the receivers didn't have a catch in the second half against the Huskies. And as a result, he was suspended half again. But uh, it, which I'd be fine with, by the way. I'd kind of like it yeah. if, I, if that was true. Like I would yeah. like for a player to step up and just call out who needs to be. People, do, people need to be called out. I, I'm a firm believer of this. I think people need to be put on blast every now and again. I think it's honest. I think it's, I think it's truthful. I think it shows good character. Now, it can't happen too often, right? Because then people become depressed right. and, and, and that's never fun. But, but I think people need to start taking more, more seriousness about the, the actions that are taking place. Like, if I was a Utah receiver, so here's my whole thing is like to play this game, you have to be a certain, you have to have a, like a certain level of, 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 of dickness to you, whatever you want to call it. Like you got to be kind of a, a dick. Yeah. You just do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got to have some Whittingham, swagger. Coach Whittingham's a dick, but believe it, you tell him, he is a massive dick. He shouts at people. He swears. He screams. He's angry. He doesn't sleep a ton. Like he is a dick, but it's why he's so good. It, like he demands excellence. You have to have that. You just do. You yeah. have to. And and I think there are some players um, that don't, and they don't survive, man. They just don't. They get they just right. get fizzled out in back into the atmosphere. They go like, you've got to be a, a dick. And so I would love to see wide receivers are known to not be dicks. They're known to be divas. So like right. this, that's why that's Steve Smith. That's why Steve Smith was such a big deal. Dude, yeah. talk about somebody that just stood up for himself. We'll, we'll put it on you. Yeah, for sure. He'll let you know. He'll let you know when he makes a play. He'll yes. call you out when you need to be called out. Yeah, that's Steve Smith for sure. Yes. So we need more of that. We just do. <laughs> yeah. and, but it has to be, It has to be. you know, it has, there has to be some thought behind it. You can't, right. It can't be irrational. Yeah. Like, but I think a Utah wide receiver had every right to walk upstairs into the coach's uh, office space and just absolutely rip into whoever. I think they had every right. Okay. Yeah. No. I if yeah i I wouldn't be upset if that if that was the case. Where you know two games into the season, we're looking at the production. It's not looking good. Uh, yeah, I would be pretty upset if I was a receiver too. And, yes. I, you know, voice your opinion. Get, you know, throw me the damn ball, as as Keyshawn oh. Johnson would say. Yeah, and, like. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. No, this isn't rocket science too. This is the other thing that drives me nuts about this game of football, Steve, is, is it is complicated, but it doesn't have to be all the time. Like, there's a lot of time in, throughout any game. You just watch it. It's like, why are you making things so hard on yourselves? Just throw the football to your player. He's in a one-on-one. He's in a one-on-one. Put it to his side. He's probably going to catch it. And if he doesn't, it hits the deck. And you yep. live to fight another down. But, like, yeah, there's just... Anyway, uh, defense. Do you like it? <laughs> that was that was a beautiful transition, Tom. Yeah, you know, I... 
I uh, I honestly like there were some penalties and like the penalties like some of them were a little little, little questionable uh but you know overall like they were put in some tough spots but I thought the defense played really well um you know they they were on the field for a lot in that you know third and fourth quarter uh but they they held strong and held tough um you know, love what we saw in the secondary. I thought the secondary played really, really well. Vontae Davis had an incredible interception yeah. on a great coverage disguise and, and and made a play on the ball. And, man, it just he's he's kind of really, really impressed. He's been the most impressive player for me, at least, um, through these three games on the defense side of the ball. Is, uh, I did not expect this from him. So he's he's been good, forced a, another interception, and, I damn near returned it for a touchdown. So, mm-hmm. you know, good on Vontae. And and then also, you know, Travis Broughton, Clark Phillips, they both had good games as well. And and so there's there's a lot of things going going well on the defense side of the ball. Uh just gotta clean up some of the discipline stuff and, and play with a little bit more, you know, discipline there. But uh but oh man, a lot of a lot of encouraging signs on the defense side of the ball for sure. Yeah, no, no surprise, to be fair. Right. Like, this is a Utah run. Carl Whittingham led football team and defense. I mean, de- like defense is always going to be further ahead than most people think. I mean, yeah. and even Carl Whittingham admitted that in his press conference. Was it today or after the game? He mentioned I think so. At some point, he mentioned the defense is further along than than the coaches had assumed. Um, you know, coach de- de- defense is important. I I, I believe that. Um, the old saying that defensive defenses win championships. I don't know if I believe in that anymore, though. Nick Saban don't. Nope, <laughs> doesn't believe in that anymore. Like he's he's clearly converted to you know the uh, the offensive side of the ball and offensive theory and, and that kind of stuff. So you know how much longer can Utah hold out being a, a defensive minded team? Like I don't know. Like the clear, but I here's the thing. At least for me, I, I like it. Looks like Utah finally has an identity on offense. They're not executing well right now on offense, but they have an identity, and you see it in the recruiting and who they're who they're bringing in last year and this year. And you know that's an encouraging sign because on offense you got to have that identity. You got to know who you are, and you got to stick with it. You got to work through it. You got to develop. And then, you know, eventually, like, what we'll see is we'll see another offense like last year with Tyler Huntley, who had been through it uh, multiple years as a starter, Zach Moss. Um, you know, what the things that we're complaining about from this game, you know, where there's maybe a lack of trust in the quarterback and making throws in the third quarter when you've got the lead and making good decisions with the ball in your hands. We didn't see that a lot last year with Tyler Huntley. You know, and I think – that's kind of the thing is you got to get get your guys in there, develop them, and, and just kind of go through it with them, you know, for Utah. And eventually, you got to embrace the offensive mindset. Yeah, and I I just think you have to like you just the game's changing. Yeah, for if sure. It ha- if it hasn't changed already, I mean, it's constantly oh. evolving, right? But no. we're at a point now where where you just take the best, and this is not a jab at Coach Weird. I promise this isn't, but just. The best coaches, college, NFL, just take a look at them. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive-minded. Sean McVay, offensive-minded. 
bloody Lafleur or whatever his name is from Green Bay, offensive minded. Uh, and then there's another young coach in the NFL that I'm missing. Pete Carroll. Oh, the old badger himself. Bill Belichick. <laughs> They're all like these up and coming young coaches that 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 are the talk of the game right now they're for the most part offensive minded and right. and the older guys the pete carrolls the bill belichicks they're, they're defensive guys but they're old i mean they're not going to coach for as long as these young guys are like i'm just the game's gonna get to a place where the offense is is really all that matters like if you can here's here's what if you score more points than than your opponent you win the game steve what if your defense scores touchdowns well, best of luck trying to win more games than you lose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I'm with you there, Tom. I, like, obviously, you like you have to embrace it. At some point, you've got to embrace it. Whether you want to do that year in and year out, um, you know, I think that's kind of a, a bigger question. But I do think you've got to to embrace it at some point and kind of just take on a more aggressive mindset um, on the offensive side of the ball in order to reach your highest ceiling. And I think Utah was willing to do that last year with the guys that they had in the program. They weren't uber aggressive on offense, but they were willing to uh, allow those guys the, the ability to make plays. And, you know, when I say those guys, I'm talking Tyler Huntley, right? Like you've got to be willing to let your quarterback make plays and make decisions and and go out there and and do it and i think they they did that last year and unfortunately like they just didn't have the the horses you know in, in certain areas of of the game to to compete with you know against oregon and and against texas but um you know they were certainly more aggressive so yeah i'm, I'm with you tom like at some point you've got to embrace it for sure and I guess like kind of the final one of, one of my final thoughts, and then I want to get to, to the grades, your grades for the game, Steve, so you can start pondering them. But um, like what, what's for me, what's been, what's been so disappointing, I think is probably the right word from an offensive standpoint this year at Utah. Um, and again, like the games really don't even matter. So I don't know why I care as much as I do, but, but Utah has, has enough weapons, Ty Jordan, Brian Thompson, Bryant Keithy, Britton Cubby when held. I mean, like they, they have enough weapons on the offense that there, there, there is, I'm just telling you, there is not a defense in the conference that can line up against Utah's offense. And, and that there's always going to be a mismatch somewhere. There just will be like, whether it's Keithy on a walk on safety or Brian Thompson going up against a, a freshman DB, like there's just yeah. always going to be a mismatch, okay? College right. football, the Pac-12, the defenses across the con- conference, there isn't a defense that's night and day above everyone else and, and nobody's going to be competing for a national championship. I'm just, like there isn't a defense that can match the, the skill set that Utah has on the offensive side. So why is Utah having such a hard time finding those mismatches? It just feels like that they're, they're not executing and they're not even realizing where the mismatches are. Like, because you don't ever get a sense, I guess, Brant Keithy early in, in against Oregon State, you kind of got a sense maybe there was some mismatch there because he was getting the football a lot and he was open a ton, whether 
Bentley was was making the throw or not. He was he was open. Um, but outside of that little passage of a quarter and a half, like like Brian Thompson, I'm just telling Brian Thompson is a really good wide receiver. Yeah, like in, like incredibly good wide receiver, and I don't think they use him well enough. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of that's essentially like why I am as disappointed in the Utah offense as I am because they have too many quality players to not be doing enough. I mean, they're just not doing enough and yeah. And it's not right. And, uh, and I think yeah, that that's again on the coaches, maybe they're not doing a good enough job during the, the film. Uh, it might be on the players not executing. Like maybe Jake Bentley knows where the mismatch is before every snap. And then the ball snapped and his brain goes poof and he's bloody all sorts. Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea, yeah. but but it's on somebody, and it's probably on a combination of all of them. But yeah, uh, that's no, I'm I'm with you there, Tom. Like, you got a lot of skilled players. You got you've got some talent there. Like, I it's it's it, again, it comes back. It's not rocket science. Like, if identify the open guy, like get your guy. If you need to manufacture a touch for your receiver a couple times a game, do it. Like these guys are getting open. Like Salomonis, like he's getting open. Uh, Devon Bailey, you know, he's, there's opportunities to get him the ball. Uh, you know, other guys, Makai Bernard, you know, he can get open against linebackers and that kind of thing out of the backfield. Like you've got playmakers and, and guys that have proven to make, to have made plays throughout their careers, like get him the ball, get him the ball. Britton Covey ran a touchdown back on a punt return, which you love to see, by the way. Love it. And then he claims after the after the game that he feels 100% healthy. I, if Britton Covey is 100% healthy, he needs 10 targets. He can't be stopped. Like and yeah. he's proven that. Like in <laughs> from like a, a from like a 5 to 8 yard space, you cannot oh, guard him. No, 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 you can't guard him. You just yeah. can't do it. And so find him the football. Okay? Yeah. You got Colt Fotheringham out there that's willing to do the dirty work. Throw him a bone, man. He's willing to pass block. He's willing to sacrifice his routes. Throw him a bone. Man, we all Give need him an eat. opportunity. We all need to eat. Come on. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> offensive grade, Steve. What do you make of it? Uh, offensive grade. Man, if I could go by halves, like that nope. first half was a lot of fun. Yeah. The first half was a lot of fun. second half stunk. Stunk, bro. Uh, I will go. I'll go C plus. Uh, the offense, by the way, has scored seven points in the second half this season. Not great, Bob. That's not not great. Cut it. You think Nick Saban's gonna? You know, he's gonna be okay with that. He's gonna fire everyone and probably himself. Uh, okay. All defense. Right. Defense. Defense. I'll give him a Oof, man. I'll give him a. I'm because you're teasing us here, Steve. Uh, I'll. I'm going. I'm stuck between a B and a B minus. All right. I want to so be you, critical. You gave but him. I want to be. You gave him a B last week. You gave him a B plus against USC. Just. Let's. Hey, what do you think of the special teams? I'll let you ponder that. What do you make of the special teams? Hey, they were pretty B. clutch. Okay. Yeah, I'll give them a B. 
the um, Jaden Redding, he made some field goals. Got to give him he some did. credit because he, he, he did. He did. They were they game. were some chip shots. Yeah, you know they were some chip shots. So <clears> you know, uh, pretty easy field goals. But I'll give him a B. I think Lennon had a, a punt that hit hit like the eight yard line and it didn't check up. It bounced through the end zone, and so that was yeah. unfortunate. But I'll, I'll give him a B. All right, um, Covey's. Punt return was a lot of fun, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B for the defense. Okay, I'll I'll be I'll be. Uh, that's the I'll, best. I'll go with that with the B. That's the best you've graded. All three, you know. Yeah. Out of that, and 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 that's fair because that's their first victory. So you would hope that when they win, right. they play better um, than when they lose. So I think that's pretty good. We got so we got Colorado this Friday, and then there's another game after that, right? They just haven't yeah. announced it. No. I think it's yeah, on the nineteenth. So, yep, it's six game season plus one. We don't know who the plus one is yet. Conference foe figured out. Uh but yeah, they'll play championship week December nineteenth. That's exciting. Um Colorado. So hey, we're gonna be back in a couple of days. We'll we'll be back. We'll talk Colorado. We'll get you sorted. That's boy, that's a big game. Uh will Utah win? Um Colorado's undefeated, right? They haven't lost. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean they've they've played yeah, UCLA, Stanford, San Diego State, and then UC- Arizona. UCLA, Stanford, I'm telling you, I don't know if Utah beats those two teams. Really? Yeah, okay. That's fair. Okay, Stanford yeah. just beat Stanford just beat Washington. Washington. They did just beat Washington. Beat Utah. And I know How Utah surprised were you at that? I was shocked. Dude, I always back David Shaw. The man's Man. a wizard. He gets it. And I don't look. I I normally really don't like UCLA most years, but I don't hate them this year. Like I I think they're okay. I think they're much better than they have been under Chip Kelly. I'll say that, and yeah. that's not saying much because they really haven't been good. But but they look okay. I mean, they gave Oregon a good run for their money up there in in uh, in Eugene, and the Ducks aren't who we thought they were. Granted, but but still, I'm okay. anyway. That's I guess. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, on Wednesday or so. Okay, it's a, it's yeah. a Friday yeah, we'll game. Do that. So we're going to record Wednesday. Okay. You're okay with that? Penciled in. Wednesday. Boom. He's Steve Bartle. I'm Tom Hackett. Nate Wade Subaru is our sponsor. We love and appreciate all of you. Hopefully it wasn't too negative. This this podcast always goes for way too long. Um, We always get on here. We're like, hey, we're going to go for 30 minutes. Next thing you know, we're here for 60. So we love you. (laughs) Bye. 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 Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com 
Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.